where you were in finance prior to, you had this idea to quit, like completely cold turkey quit your very well-paying job. Well, I was about to be well-paying. To go start a podcast. I sent you a text like, John, I've made f 261 videos and I'm at whatever sub count is very low and you're at like 1 million and you're like what if the 261st is the one and I'm like son of a so holy that, shit and, and got, that's the video that made Andy Bustamante the biggest CIS spy in the world yeah. you don't really know what is the right thing to do and that's why what we what you said before it really is a quantity versus quality game right now post fucking content like nobody knows the answer we can think we do but the algorithm reigns supreme and they know way more than we do and we're doing, I don't even remember what we were doing, but something totally separate that had to do with editing. And like, we're on my page going through stuff and I see like some episode from eight months ago. I'm like, yo, the saturation there's off. Boop. We go in, we go into Photoshop, we start fixing it up and like it dead ass looks a lot better now, but like, it'll get me out of my flow sometimes of what I'm doing. Cause then I'll see it and I'm like, that's wrong gotta fix and like I stop what I'm doing and like with you with that with that episode with Dylan like I saw that yeah I stopped what I was doing because I'm like he did a great job with this that's the worst title I've ever seen in my life <laughs> we gotta fix this right yeah and that like I made a thumbnail I think for you too I, I just deleted that the other night because I realized we never used it but Send like it over. Oh, but like it. I yeah yeah I deleted that file I was like, well, he doesn't need it now. Need I always it. save everything too, but it was on my actual computer, which I don't like stuff there. Yeah. But like, that's, that's like the curse of it sometimes. Cause you constantly are just like, I got to fix this. You go back eight months just to look at your thumbnails and say, we have to fix this. Well, I didn't mean to, but it literally, I don't know if I could pull it up fast, but it was actually, it was a thumbnail that I had been extremely proud of at the time because it was the first one I did purely in like the new cadence we had found. This is what it was, okay? This is what the thumbnail was. I was so proud of that. I thought it was so cool, That's right? That it's got blue coloring, whatever. Yeah, good contrast. <laughs> and now when we changed it, it, it was decent contrast and it did well. Like it had pretty good click through, but now we changed it and it looks like this. Oh, with the actual two, that's not a screenshot? The, the blue is way, yeah, it's a different, that's a screenshot from YouTube now. The blue is way more pop, right? It was dull. Yeah. Now it pops. The lighting's better and more distributed across, so you're drawn right into the highlight of the UFO before you get to the faces, and the text is now actually big in your face with solid spacing, and it looks like pleasing. So my click-through the next day on that video, and it's doing, I think this one had like 270,000 views or something, was doing no views, right? Yeah. It's still doing no views because it takes a while to recover that, but you can see your day-to-day click-through and it was going like this. I changed that video, it went like that and it's up here now. It's reset a new floor, which means at some point here, might not, might never do anything, but at some point the YouTube algo might be like, damn, you know, the fucking 200 people were putting this in their feed every six hours or whatever. They're clicking it at like double the rate. Let's start putting it in more feeds. So you don't know, but it, especially right now when shit's bad, you need everything you can get. Right. So that was part of it. I was like, well, let's go. Oh, wow. There's another one right there. Let's go pick it off. And, you know, then it's two hours later and you're like, oh, God damn it. And you, I mean, you have so many videos you can do that with. Well, let's, let's, let's a take a step back. This is Julian, everybody. Welcome to the oh, John Jones podcast. We are on, we are rolling. <laughs> My dad is unfortunately not here again, but he'll be back very soon. Julian Dory, people. I have known him for... Three years now. Yeah. 
our journey together has been pretty incredible because he had me on his podcast very early. I would assume how many episodes? Episode 35. 35. This was when Johnny Drinks never existed. So in my past life, I founded an ed tech company called United, essentially like an eBay for assignments. So you can kind of, you know, glorify way of cheating. That's beside the point. That's my old self. Julian had me on. And during this time, I dealt with a lot of thinking I knew what I was doing, a lot of imposter syndrome and just trying to go with the flow and figure it the fuck out. And I feel like you were at the start of your journey too. So we were both sitting in these chairs pretending a little bit like we well, know you had built something at that point i was still <laughs> you were coming down to south jersey which by the way i don't forget shit like that like this guy i met you and you were down there the next week when i needed an episode i probably had 25 fans at that point yeah you know we have a few more now but you know this whole thing doesn't happen without people like you doing that so i i'm really it's full circle kind of being here right now but yeah i mean you had built something i was like you know, I'd been at it at that point for about six, seven months. Well, really at it, building it for like a year at that point. But like post-launch, I was at about six, seven months and it was like, okay, what's this guy doing well that we could try to integrate here? And that was part of it because, you know, I always knew we were going to get to short content, but we made that shift. We, I made that shift. There was no, no, there's no fucking working for me. <laughs> it was in my parents' house, but that shift happened like probably three, four weeks after we met. And that, you know, there's certainly a lot of inspiration there from you and what you were doing. And that's again, like, yeah, I love staying along with the journey. And then I was back on the podcast, I would say what, six months or a year, maybe a year About later. A year later. Yeah. And that's when I we just started Johnny drink. So it was like this new shiny toy for both of us. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? We're like, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty cool. And you just now started to take off with the podcast, but it was still early. Look, I still feel, I mean, I haven't made it. I'll tell you that for sure. But, you know, it's nice to see where it's gotten. When you came on the second time, I was about seven, eight months into like the big jump that really got me going, you know. And I was cool to see that progress. I want to ask you about the big jump because I think there is like one video that, that did it for you. At this time, when I was the second time on, how many subscribers did you have? You, you were, you came to see me, it was like July 6th or 7th, 2022. So. How do you remember these things? I have photographic memory. <laughs> so we would have been, I had 202,000 on May 30th. Um, probably like 250, 260, something like that. And what are we at now? Now it's like 560. That, and that's a dramatic difference. It's getting there. Yeah. It's Dude, really good. You man. should be you should be proud of that. And I've watched you the, the the version of Julian I see right now is so impressive because I've seen how much you've put into this stuff. Like you and we could talk about your backstory. You were in finance prior to. Mm-hmm. You for whatever reason had this idea of quitting. Recovered finance. Recovering Recover, Recover, back. Recovering financial. Yeah, yeah, you're back. You had this idea to quit, like completely cold turkey quit. You're very well-paying job. Well, it's about to be well-paying. It wasn't. (laughs) To go start a podcast in like your parents' house. And that's stuff where like, you would probably tell that story to somebody and they like almost wouldn't believe it, that you really took this leap of faith and had, I would assume, so much conviction in yourself at the time that you just wanted to go and do this thing. And there were points that we've talked and we go back and forth, I think, supporting one another pretty well. And I remember it and hopefully you remember it when you were 
just so frustrated about short form content. And I was kind of like, and I still have this mindset of what if the next one is the one that does well? Still keep that text, bro. I <laughs> right. And that's, that that means a lot to me, man. Yeah. And I'm happy now to see you doing, you know, so well in a time that, like you said, is very, very competitive. I was thinking about that yesterday because, you know, anyone who starts a business, I don't care who you are. In this case, it's like a content business or something. You have dark moments. I mean, you can speak to it. You've been at this a long time. You have some, and it's all relative, right? A dark moment now would be good a year exactly. ago, but like it's now your budget's way higher or yeah, something yeah. like that. So I'm used to those. I'm in one right now, which we were talking about on camera before. I'm trying to find my way out of it, but like it was coming full circle a little bit because whenever I have a, a dark moment, like you and I will talk and then I'll also talk with your boy, Chris Giuseppini and yeah, he'll yeah, like yeah. put me, he'll spend two hours on the phone with me being like, you know, back to earth shrink. And I was thinking about our conversations. Like I talked with you guys back to back two years ago when I was going through it. And then I remember like we were putting out shorts that objectively should be doing well, right? They were, right. we had had one go viral and now I always look at the percentage watch time and engagement and I'm like, oh my God, like it's got 110% watch time. They're not showing it anywhere. And, and I was probably two months into that problem at that point. I don't know how many videos, but you literally, that's what the text said. It was like, I, I sent you a text like, John, I've made fucking 261 <laughs> videos yeah. and I'm at whatever sub count. It was very low at the time. And you're at like 1 million <laughs> and you're like, what if the 261st is the one? And I'm like, son of a bitch, <laughs> fuck this guy. <laughs> I then, remember where I was when I, when it, I sent that text. It Listen, dude, like it, it wasn't the 261st, but you know, it was like 267 whatever or something like that. And I'm like, son of a bitch, he was right. You know, it, and Chris is actually, he, he's, he's really good at, Tony, take a deep breath yes. and, and analytically looking at certain things. And he always has an answer in a good way. Like he always, there is always a reason. And I think the biggest frustration as a creator comes from when you think there isn't a reason why things aren't going well. Yeah. So even if you have to find a little reason, oh, the thumbnail is off. Oh, it's poor timing. Oh, this and that. Give that to yourself because you need to keep moving and you need to keep posting. And if you don't, it's the only way that you can stop is by, is by self-suicide. You know, like you just stop posting content. Right. That's the only day you're dead. Yes. And that's, I think, a very scary thought for a lot of people. But giving yourself that ability just to talk to other people and keep moving forward. You know, you never, you never know, like we said, when the next video is going to be. I think part of it in my business that makes it a little harder on me, and maybe it shouldn't because I'm too hard on myself with it. But, you know, when you and your dad built, it was self-contained you guys did the content together. It is two people, but like, it's literally your dad. You're both into it. You're both committed to it. Yeah. You both lived together at the time. Like you got the setup for me. Yeah. I was on my own and I got to do what I wanted to do, but I relied on having people come there. Yeah. Right. From day one, even when it was just like my boys or like, if I got in touch with John Rondi and John actually came in <laughs> or something like that, yeah. you know, for 86 episodes, it was just whoever would come there and we're going to have like a 50, 50 conversation. That's what it is. Now it's developed into an easier job because of that where, you know, I get to bring in experts and stuff and let them fucking rip. But every time someone's come in there since the beginning, I'm like, this person's the reason an episode is happening this week. So when I am doing badly, I'm not just thinking about like, oh my God, my money's down stuff like that. Of course, I have a business. I have to think like that. But it's also like, oh my God, are people not going to come here now because I'm letting them down? 
And that mm. I, everyone tells me, all the guests reassure me like, come on, dude, like we love this. Like, it's great. But in my head, I still wear that pressure a little bit and I try to talk myself out of it, but it's part of what has, has made us get where we go because every time someone's in there, I take what they do coming in there and, and performing basically like very, very seriously. This you know, podcast wouldn't happen without it. Right. But it also wouldn't happen without you. And, and I think the gift and the curse that God gave you of how hard you are on yourself is the reason why you're doing so well. Like I, I want to dive into, I've never seen somebody so obsessive and analytic about content. Like we talked about before. I mean, when did you start becoming so crazy into the numbers about the thumbnails and the click through yeah. rates? Like, was that day one or did you no, have to discover no, that? No, that, that actually everything happened over time. So even when I got really analytical with the shorts, I wasn't at all analytical about the thumbnails. or I didn't even know that shit. You knew all that stuff. I didn't. My natural inclination, I kind of have both brains, right? The, the two sides of the brain, creative, analytical. The creative does win out. I'm more of a creative than I am analytical because mm. there's stuff that other people, like, I don't even know what CPM is, right? <laughs> so if you're like a true analyst, like, like people are like, your CPMs, I'm like, what the fuck is that? You know, like, I'm, that's not a number I've looked at. Eventually, I'll probably be the analytical and then guy. And next on year that. we have this, yeah. Next right. I'll be like, John, you're getting 26.5. Yeah, yeah, Why is it not 27.8? Yeah. You know? But, you know, I it was really out of necessity because I started to realize, okay, I'm only going to create stuff that I'm passionate about doing. I'm not going to have in people because they're going to do views if I'm not interested in it. And I've stuck to that almost stupidly to this point. Like I'll get offers from people who are awesome, you know, who are connected to somebody and that somebody is also awesome and has a, maybe a ton of followers or something. And I'll say to them, like, look, they're awesome. That's great. I can't fake being interested in something I'm not interested in for three no. hours. It's not going to work. That's it's off brand too. The whole, the thing that makes this work is the fact that I forget the cameras are there at all times. So yeah. if we're not doing that, we got a problem. But if I'm, you know, as, as I was moving along with the creative, like actually making videos from episodes, it always had to be something that I felt the vibe on. I never, to this day, I have never looked at the shorts feed or the TikTok feed and in this case, look through maybe podcast content and say, what are the trending topics right now? Never, never have done it. It always had, like, I knew that hook's good and that story right there is good. If someone was telling a story, everybody won and then I could bring it to life. And so I always had the passion of making it and loving making it. But I would, once I knew the analytics, I would know then moving forward, let's say I came up with four candidates that I would make a short on. I would know if I liked them all like pretty equally, which one is the one my time is best spent on, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. And so I don't, you know, now I, that's one thing I've taken a step back from. I produce the shorts now. I don't edit them because the algorithm changed. You know, I, I, I built on YouTube through the shorts when no podcasts were making shorts. So I was able, you know, the bar was low. There was no yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah. So like it was very easy to, you know, be number one in the world on that quickly when I was a nobody, which is the only reason the podcast is here today. I was able to do that. But um, then it changed because people, creatives on the Internet, they're all good. They realize, oh, shit, all these other niches, non-podcasts are doing a great job. There's one guy here actually making content. We can do it too. So they're all doing it. Yeah. And when you have that, now you can't really, 
you can still separate yourself, but it's competitive. And what YouTube moved to was for a while, they treated shorts the same way they treated their videos. We don't care how many times you uploaded. If it's great, we're going to send it. And then I realized last December, January, they were starting to really put a dent in TikTok on some things. And I posted stuff that, you know, still did 2 million, 3 million views, which is objectively great. But these are videos that in the past, you know, we'd have been looking at 15, 20. And I was like, oh, they want to pull down the quality a little bit now and get more on, on quantity. And I'm like, my OCD is never not going to let me spend 20 hours on a short. That's not going to work anymore. Yeah. So I'm going to teach guys who, you know, are brilliant editors, the cadence of what I do, and they're going to make watered down daily versions of what I do. And I got to say, these dudes are killing it. Yeah. Like they are fun. Like Akshay, Gobanad, those guys are absolutely murdering it. I got a kid, Adam in London too, who's gotten... 20 times better with his edits since we started working together a little bit in April. Like there, to me, I look at it and I can actually enjoy it when I watch it now, instead of seeing that, you know, every single one word caption is actually like one and a half frames off and then two frames off. Like I can watch it without doing that because I know this is, this is the world we got to live in. Cause somebody else made it. Yeah. They could make an edit every bit as great as I make it if they spent the time on it. I do. But I need them spending three hours on one instead of 20 hours on one. Right. And that's so it, – it is the world we live in. And the cadence, I'm so curious about. You are posting on, I think, three or four platforms right now, Instagram, yeah. YouTube, TikTok. Yeah. Are you posting the same content every day? Like the same piece on, on TikTok is going on the exact same time on Instagram? Yeah. I made one shift on Instagram that the guys insisted wasn't really much more work, which was good because I thought it might be for them. But – I realized about, I guess maybe like four weeks ago, I went through, cause I'm really bad at Instagram. Like, you know, we have a, we have a, I have my page there that I don't really post anything on now. That's just a personal page. And then we, we started really working on the podcast page in April. So it's still. Of this year? Yeah. I'm surprised it took you that long. Well, we, we had, that's not true. We started it. It was one of the, it was like a fan page Alessi did and just uh-huh. drew up some quick edits. I think like last September, October, that was the first time it was open. Yeah. And then, you know, he gave me possession of it. It was on ice. So he gave me possession of it in April and he, he helps run that channel now too. And his edits are like a thousand times better. It's really amazing. Okay. But we've just been posting every day there with all the edits. So like on YouTube, we have multiple channels, different editors on different channels. We put everything on Instagram. And I was going through, you know, at this point, 350 data points or whatever, about three, four weeks ago. And I realized I was like, my editor in London is the only one going viral here. And he goes viral on YouTube too. But like my editors who were one channel above him, who were going viral on YouTube are never going viral here. Why is that? And I realized that we use all, because you're allowed to on shorts, we use all copyrighted music. I want people singing the words to the song when they hear 
you know, people have that click. When they hear an artless song, it may be a great composition, but they don't fucking know this song, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? But if they hear The Hills by the weekend, they start going, yo, man, on the roadie. That is your best video. Do you use that multiple? I've we always, use that a lot. Like, they're overusing it. I got to tell them to chill. There, but there's one but, video that literally sticks in my brain that you use that I forget what you guys are talking about. It was the one about the nukes and Yes, that one I was like, yeah. oh, I don't even, I'm yeah. going to act like I don't know Julian here, and holy fuck, I'm yeah. intrigued on this video. Yeah. That, that was your best video you've ever done. That one did 46 million on YouTube. So Holy that, and, shit! And got, that's just on our channel. Like people were resharing that it was crazy. That's what got. That's the video that made Andy Bustamante the biggest CIA spy in the world because he just he was ready, man. He was making content with whoever would do it. That's a long hair guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So my yeah. boy Danny Jones is the one who found him, brought him on for the first right. time, did killer episodes. He's like, you got to talk to him, Julian. And I was the clips guy. So he came up, we did the clips and now, you know, he's been on everything except Joe Rogan and he'll probably never be on Joe Rogan because Joe doesn't bring on anyone but that one guy yeah. uh, for, for that stuff. But, you know, Andy's just, he kills it. But that video, yeah, that video was 33 seconds and 10 frames. <laughs> and if you look at that first beat on that, like at the front of yeah, yeah, yeah. after like the initial seven seconds of the hills, if you drop it right on that loud, like sound, the way it drops is at like the 32, 32 and a half second mark. It goes in the bum, bum, before like you hear the, the, the scream go away in the hills. So it feels satisfying. So when you have a clip that's that well-timed, it becomes a song too. And when it becomes a song, and it, that was the number one song in the world in 2015, people are singing it the first time. What are they going to do? They're like, oh shit, I missed the clip. Let me watch that again. Yeah. That's what it is. Dude, that is, it, it's so funny because us as like creators, I think we watch content a little bit differently than other people, but we always know yeah. when, like I'll, I'm, I'm always analyzing, oh, they could have done this better or this didn't make sense or whatever. I watched that piece of content and it feels like I never made content before. Like it, it brought me back to just appreciating content mm. because it was so flawless. Like it just it made so much sense to my brain for whatever reason that I just sat back and appreciated versus saying, how did he do that? Or it didn't, it, it felt almost fake. Like that there was mm -hmm. nobody behind that. Like fucking God made this piece of content and now it just lives. That's when I know wow. something is Thank pretty you. special. But do you know what I mean? Like you've watched, I'm sure other people and you're like, it just, A lot, it yeah. just makes sense, you yeah. know? And that's the only way I can describe. But when you listen to yourself talk, it doesn't just happen. Like you went and put in so much time and effort to make that happen. But let's talk about the other side of things. How many times have you put in the same amount of effort and the video did nothing? For a while when I was making them, it was rare. It was rare that a video, cause I, you know, whatever happened on, eventually by the end of 2021, whatever happened on TikTok and Instagram, I wasn't even on Instagram with that, except on my personal page, didn't matter. Yeah. It, was, it was YouTube, right? And I only had, there's only one video I posted since, like I started going viral on YouTube, December, 2021. There's only one video I personally posted that I made since then that was less than a hundred thousand views. That's awesome. Only one. And so I never really had like, but were there some videos where I got so deep into the edit that I fucked it up and I know it to this day? Yes. Yeah. Like if you look at the Beck Lover video talking about the 28 members of his family that were genocided in the Kosovo war. I posted that mid-April 2022. I took that clip so seriously because it was heavy. I mean, it starts off this big, you know, 
burly, well-spoken, like loud voice guy is literally staring into the camera, go, I lost fucking 28 people in, in the war and, and they lined up my family against the wall and killed them. And you're like, whoa, like this is, this is heavy shit. I want to be really respectful of right. this one. And yeah. so I spent, and this was stupid. I spent like, thir- I counted, it was like 36 hours or something on that clip. And it's the worst clip I ever made. It's so bad. The, the timing is all wrong. And like every clip you make a year later, everything looks mm-hmm. terrible. That clip that went viral with Andy, it's terrible now. You look but at like at the time, with everything I could do at the time, that one was good. This one, not so much. So yeah, really? I do have some where, you know, I think that still did 600, 700,000 views, but... This is at a time where we're doing, you know, videos. Some videos are doing 20 million views. And right. Stuff it's like just that. a different time. Now, do you ever show people the content prior to posting? Like the, the Hills one, did you, or you let that one rip? Well, I would, I, I think I got to a point where like I'd have a lessee. I, I would always send a video to at least one person. I probably did this to you a couple of times where yeah. I'm, you're so deep in the edit and hearing the same lines over and over again for so many hours and hearing the song sometimes playing with those lines over and over for so many hours that you get distorted on whether or not you can just remember what you heard versus whether you're hearing it clearly. Mm-hmm. So I would send the audio edits because a lot of these videos I'd have to export 35 times before the audio was mastered. I would send the audio edits to at least one person say, how does this sound? Can you make out everything that's being said? Because one thing I do with shorts that audio engineers would never do, and I fully understand that, is I want to go right up to the line of where the music competes with the voice. Mm. Not quite there, but like whatever that line is, I want to be right below it with my fingertips touching it. And the reason is, 90% 90% of people when they're watching a short are here. They're on this speaker holding the phone like this. They're probably 80% of them are going to have the volume maybe about right there on their phone. And so I will test the video like that over and over holding it away from a table or something like that. Just like you're sitting on a chair somewhere and see how the distortion sounds. And most importantly, see how it sounds the second they flick to the video. Cause I want to know if yeah. that music, if that beat sets in, if they have to work to hear what the music is, well, maybe they're not going to stay on because it sounds like it's just vocal audio like everyone else. So I wanted them to hear the beat and know right away, whoa, is that the Hills by the weekend? But also what's being said. I don't want them to not hear what's being said because that carries the clip. The information is still going to carry the clip. So it's a, it was a very fine line. So yeah, I would always send that to at least one person to test it. That, so I, I want to make just one comment about that. But before we do, just one quick commercial break. Then the drive through, mm-hmm. I order the Sprite. It's like 15 seconds until I actually get to my dad. Video flops on TikTok. I remove that whole part and I go right to me saying, hey, dad, can you make a drink with this? And it crushes on Facebook, crushes on Instagram. You don't realize that you can literally repost content if it has a different hook and it can perform so much differently. It's it's fucking insane. But it's, dude, it's it's nuts. Most important part of it. It drives you insane, but it, it should. So great example you just gave about the sound thing and over editing because I think we all do it. Back in the day when we just started, I didn't know shit about anything. I would post videos and you would see my music would be so loud that almost you almost couldn't hear my dad, but you had the title, so you knew what was going on. 
at the end of the day, my content is very simple. All you're looking to do is become engaged and entertained slightly about how to make a drink and you're watching these father and son, whatever. Now I drop the music down so low that you rarely, you sometimes can't even hear it. Well, you were also using music that had words in it. Yes. And here's the thing. I always was blown away by how good, because I know you're doing that with your thumb on the phone, because I could see like it was yeah. the TikTok songs. I'm like, holy shit, your ear for that was really good, because that's like the worst thing you could do, and it worked. Yeah. You would have literal Sinatra songs, and I knew right away when I hit the video with the phone here on half volume, I knew it was on. Yeah. So like you're accomplishing that goal, and I could still understand almost everything that was said. Yeah. That's hard. That Like I would never, ever make a song that has human mouth noises in it because the human ear detects that and it distorts them. But you said a good word and it's almost. Now what I'm realizing, if you had the option for option A is music a little bit too loud, some parts you can't hear, or option B, music is too low, sometimes you can't hear the music. I've noticed that my videos do better when the music is louder and I've gotten away from doing that. And I kind of want to get back to just by listening to what you said. I listen to that or watch that video and I hear the, the hills. I know that song. So I may not even know what I'm about to watch, but I'm already engaged because I like the song. Yeah, I got to work with my guys on that a little bit because I see some of the songs are a little bit soft. But yeah, I mean, I'm a real stickler with with sounds and how they how they hit you. You know, what do they do to your veins? But I mean, I've, I've heard some people say that they can do what I'm about to say I'm not as good at. But I think across the population, I'd probably win this argument. Go do a lift listening to a podcast. Then go do a lift listening to like the Big Booty Mix. <laughs> there's no yeah. there's no comparison. Right. There. Right. I do that. And I'll yeah. like test him like, damn, today was terrible. I yeah. was listening to a podcast. Yeah. Oh, the next different. day, wow. I felt like like this morning I was in there. I'm like, I feel like a god right now. I'm listening to hardcore music in my ears. There's something that that does to you, but I just I don't like if people get annoyed because they really can't hear what's being said. So it's, you know, there's a balance there. 100% a balance. And I think, again, you got to realize like your audience too, like, and what kind of content you're making. If you're making very educational content, then yeah, lower the music so they can hear what the fuck you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But if it's more entertainment and they're just watching to be, you know, to, to kind of numb out the world for a little bit, make it a, we always get, oh, this gives me fallout vibes. This gives me 1950s vibes. I feel like I'm celebrating Christmas in New York City. Like these are things yes. that people want from the video so we have to give that to them and if you don't the results are going to be well that's what your videos did your videos yeah. felt like we were going to like the old italian neighborhood in like one of the cities on the river by new york city or right. literally in new york city yeah like from day one that's what it felt like and pe it's this is the most overused annoying word on the internet i avoid using it but i can't think of the other way to put this right now it was severely authentic right there was yeah. a real you can't bullshit people by trying to put on a character these days. They're too smart. People have a good, even like people who aren't objectively like that smart, like they have a good sensor for that stuff. And like when you guys did it, your first video that went viral, I love when you tell that story, like it, there was no thought. It's like, hey dad, can you make, it's literally, hey dad, can you make this drink? I'm gonna record it for this stupid new app. Yeah, 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 and then yeah, like, yeah. boom, like 15 million views later, suddenly, hey, we got a new stream of income here. Yeah. But it's just because that's what it was. And like, if you go watch that first video and even like the stuff you're doing now, I'm sure that's a tough balance for you with, all right, where is where does it feel like it's too produced versus not? Like, it's pretty similar. And so people people are gonna appreciate that because they like, they know they're getting like what this is. All right, 
you know you have to make a drink today, so you're going to make a video doing it. But like, if there weren't cameras and it were a day where you were going to make drinks, this is how it would happen. That's And that's the balance too. I always struggle with is like, I know I have to be authentic, but I also know the tactics that creators are using now, like a hook and like having the music properly set. You, you struggle with it because you go back to the authenticity and it works and then it's great. And then it doesn't work. You're like, oh, I have to switch it up. And then you switch it up and it works great. And then you switch it up again and it doesn't work. So it's like you're constantly competing against yourself. Yeah. You don't really know what is the right thing to do. And that's why what we what you said before, it really is a quantity versus quality game right now. Post fucking content. Like nobody knows the answer. We can think we do, but the algorithm reigns supreme and they know way more than we do. So yeah. you're better off posting good content as much as possible. And yes. I always say that too, is like people yes. just throw shit at the wall and hope it sticks. I don't care if you post a thousand videos in a month. If they all suck, they all suck. Yes. Stay consistent with what you know is good and try to post as much as possible. Yeah, there's a balance there. And I think, you know, you have to get off the thought process that I naturally go to, which is I want to make the greatest quote. I want to make I an know. Oscar winner every time, right? <laughs> you, you, I'm getting, I'm proud of myself in that I've, gone far off what I was with that six months ago and like I've jumped right into some of those things it still scares me sometimes though because I'm like god damn I could have made I could have done that there instead of that but like if it's good okay maybe I could have gotten 112 percent they're still gonna get 107 and okay maybe it does eight million views should have done nine but they're making seven clips where I used to make one very different. Come on. Yeah. You're hitting people seven times now. Right. So when I put out an episode, we can make clips of these guys. They're talking for three fucking hours. You're going to get shit in there. You How know what I mean? How many clips do you get out of a, out of a three-hour podcast? Depends on the podcast. I have one focus, and like we don't always do it right now, and I'm trying to get on the guys to do it more consistently, but I want something with a narrative. I don't want shit that's just someone giving an opinion. No one fucking cares. How many opinions there are on the internet? Even Joe Rogan opinion videos will get clipped. We'll we'll get skipped. We want things that are stories. If you have a video that starts off, so I was in Peru, win. If you have a video that starts off, if you've ever seen the story of blank, that happened to me, win. You have a video that starts off that said in 1984, win. That's what we want. We want stuff that, and then we'll use visuals to bring it to life. But we want stuff that even if it's not a perfect story arc, the way that we use the visuals makes it feel like you were just gathered around the fireplace and heard a new story. Cause that's, that's what runs the world. That's what people do. I mean, if you go look at the content I made, you won't find anything like even that, that clip we were just looking at off camera, the one that went massively viral on mm-hmm. YouTube. That's technically not a story, but Andy told that clip in a narrative way. He explained how the Russian and U.S. systems work and then explained what would happen given that those systems are that way. And I used like nine different movies to tell the story and put a hypothetical hook on the front that said if Putin actually did go crazy and decided to launch a nuclear missile, it now creates the basis of you you are giving a visual for what this world would look like, which is a story. How are you finding the videos to match? You just have an idea of what you, you envision what this piece of content looks like first. Yeah. Again, this is why I had to hand this off. It's not good for me, but I, that clip right there, I can't remember exactly how many 
candidates I found and how long it was, but I will, there are others I can remember right now. There was a clip of Ryan Tate I made in December from his episode that did decently, but it was well put together. It was 32 seconds long. I downloaded 27 hours worth of content to scrub through to find that. I'll show you my timelines. It's not, it's sick. Dude, you, you, I want the visual. I want, like, I, I saw a clip of Marty Scorsese, who's the, you know, one of the goats a month or two ago and I'll get it wrong. He said it perfectly, but like I posted it on my story and I said, he just explained it into words and he was talking about the beauty of editing and how one frame and how you make a frame blend into each other. I'll give you the link so you can see it. It completely changes in your mind. eye what something is. And that's it right there. I can't, and I change everything too. Like you can go look at my intros. I, I'm now starting to hand them off. So we handed them off at episode 163 or 164, but episode 113, we're on like episode 166 or 167 right now. Episode 113, when I started taking my short skills and moving it to the front of episodes, that through episode 163 was me. And I started, I figured out the cadence at episode 120 and then I really figured out the cadence at episode 138 and everything 138 on is pretty much what you know how I think about how these should be done and like they're all every frame is changed like I don't just use a frame either I reposition it I will zoom it in and out I will make the camera move I will make it move into the next one you can't be doing this every podcast episode this is crazy Right. Like I don't, this is my whole point is don't do this. But like, do I look back on that now at like what went into that and have some pride for that? Yeah. Like when I look at like the episode 145 Michukaku episode and I know what was happening that week and all the shit that was going on. And that was four straight days of other things with editing around that and then getting to the intro and just spending 20 hours locked in on that. That's, I, I, I mean, to this day, like I'm, proud of that one because it meshed the story so perfectly and it was actually rare like all my intros I use a story or something that's like a narrative and it's yeah. I, I want before the drop to the mid rolls where I time it to the beat I want the actual audio to be some sort of you know it's leaving you like well I want more with Micho with Michio I actually went in and scripted it I went and I found three different points in the podcast where he was talking about these two topics where they kind of overlapped. And I wrote the script of like probably a minute and 20 seconds worth of his words. And then I got that to 53 seconds to where it sounds like it was all one story. You would never know that that was not I at one point in that. the podcast and timed it to where, you know, the way I would describe it is a fever dream. When I bring these things to life, if I'm using a footage of Black Hawk Down with Ryan Tate to describe about almost being assassinated in South Africa. If you've seen Black Hawk Down, you know that's not what it's about. It's about Mogadishu, Somalia, and the military. But if I make you believe that as he's describing this terrorist that was trying to do to him this stuff in South Africa 20 years later, that it's this guy who just matches that in Black Hawk Down, you you go to that point. Kind of like in your dreams, you may be doing some random shit and like suddenly Al Pacino as Michael Corleone is doing it with you and it feels normal. Yeah. Right? 
you know he's not in the Godfather right now, but like the same guy is here and he's like, you know, helping you go to the grocery store with your mom because that's what the dream's doing. It's almost like when what you, I do. That exactly what, like you, you mentioned Scorsese, when you're watching a movie about something that's, that's based on true events, right? And it hits a moment where if it's like a fight scene and it's like a Mike Tyson fight, you almost wish they would show the actual clip. Like I, I'll watch yeah. those scenes and I'm like, are they going to switch the real clip yet? Yeah. Are they going to do it? Did they do it? Is that, and you're like, I'm going to tell myself it is because it yeah. makes the story that much better. You're doing it with clips that you know aren't, aren't matching up or they're matching up, but you know they're not from the exact event. And that's pretty, that's pretty impressive that Thank you're you. able to, even able to do it. There's a, there's a great quote from Al Pacino. I, I don't know if he came up with this, but I read it years ago. He said, it's easy to fool the eye. It's hard to fool the heart. And, right. I, and I like to think that my edits fool the heart. Like with that Meet You one, if you've seen, I think it's called The Gray with Liam Neeson. I don't even remember what it's about. But you know, the, the ghost, like the, the cloud comes over or some shit. Maybe, but it's the one where like the end scene is him facing off with the wolf in the snow. Yeah. And there's, and yeah. he's an amazing actor. And, and what, one of the things you learn doing edits, I probably downloaded more videos off YouTube and scrolled on mute through YouTube with other shit playing in the background more than anyone in the world over the past three years. And you learn what makes the greatest actors in the world because you are watching them on mute. Cause I don't want to know what they're really saying in that. I want to, I want to believe that when another Al Pacino example that I remember when Al Pacino's actually screaming like I'm in the dark out here in that movie I can see him because he's wearing a military uniform that looks like it could be working at the front desk of an airport I can see him saying Hermeniso de King Kong which is what Luisa said in episode 72 Got it. so that when it plays that line and Luisa's going so I go up to the front and then suddenly the guy starts screaming Hermeniso de King Kong and it switches to Al Pacino his mouth looks like he's saying Hermeniso de King Kong but he's really saying I'm in the dark out right, here right, right. Right. So I want to see that all on mute. And like when you watch that scene in the gray with Liam Neeson and the cameras working really well with a little motion, you know, w right up in his grill, like slowly here and then eventually here and on the next cut here. I'm like, that motherfucker looks like he's having a full like full circle moment where he starts with this fear and you're like, who is this person? And then it ends with this surety of this is what I am. And so then I translate to Michu Kaku telling this story of the clip starts with me saying, do you believe in God? And he goes, well, I believe in the God of Einstein. Einstein believed that there was a God, but it was the God of order, the God of such and such. And he starts going into this and he said, so you have the Big Bang. And he relates it all back to that. And he starts talking about the Big Bang and how quantum energy, which was this topic of his book he was coming in to talk about, may relate to how we're able to process the Big Bang. And it all comes back full circle with him saying, so Einstein asked himself, is there, does God exist? Or, or he thought, could this, could this have happened without God? And he was like, no, it could not have happened. And so I start the clip with one of the far shots of Liam Neeson. And then I had all these other candidate shots. And I said, wait, there's a real nice shot of him right in the eyes. And I said, so we're going to start it with him being unsure as I'm asking the question, do you believe in God? And then as he starts to answer it, there's other clips coming on. And then it closes that opening montage with him saying he believed in the God of Einstein. And it's going to show Liam Neeson now like kind of head down coming up like he's having this cathartic moment. I'm not going to show Liam Neeson again till the end. When, when Michu drops the hammer and says, there has to be a God. 
And now you're going to see Liam's eyes and realize he was God wow. from the start. That scene has nothing to do with God in the gray. Right. But he's such a great actor and the story's told in such a way that even if people don't have that takeaway that I know is there, their mind does. Like they feel something and they don't know what it is, but they're like that wrapped up perfectly. And you could just do that because you're working with the greatest pieces of film ever made in the world that you yeah. can download and use and, and rip to your own different style. That's it just, it, again, insane how much time and attention you put on this sort of stuff, but it matters and you need yeah. to. So let's take that example. Liam Neeson was a candidate for that scene. How many other candidates did you have? I don't remember for the front. Uh, my most important shot is the first shot. Right. And the first shot of anything... One trick is that not always, but 90% of the time, it's going to be a human face with eyes, no sunglasses. I want to see their eyes. Most engaging thing about a human being. And so I may have looked at, I'd have to go look at the timeline there, but I may, I may have looked at potentially like all 10 to 15 different movies that we wanted for that spot. But I also my process when I make these things is after doing the drafting of it and getting it down to whatever the audio is, whatever it's going to be, uh, you know, then I'll put on the filters, I'll put on the initial captions right there. And then I'll, I'll move around the videos that I know are going to be replaced with B roll and keep the ones that I know are going to come back to the person to kind of reset the stage. And then I'll write out the script of the B roll. And then I'll have that script and I'll go through YouTube knowing that I'm looking at things that could maybe end up matching those themes. And I'll end up finding shit that has nothing to do with it. But I'm like, I love that. Maybe we could use that. And then eventually, you know, you don't like I didn't go into that in that case knowing, yo, I'm going to use like Liam Neeson on this and he's going to be the right, front right, and yeah. the end and turn around. Or I'm going to use the same actor on the front and end. I didn't think that but as it started to come together I love that Liam Neeson scene because it had such emotion and it had such you know this is like the most emotional topic you could talk about like the meaning of life right and I'm like I love how he's pondering his existence in that shot I don't know if that's what the fuck he was doing in that scene but when I'm watching it on mute it looks like he's pondering his very existence I'm like maybe I could use that so then when I go through and now maybe I reviewed and when I say reviewed these hours, right? If I review 100 hours of content, that's not 100 hours of review. I'm on mute and I'm scrolling hard and looking at all the cuts mm -hmm. slowly. Ooh, there might be one. All right, there's one. Download this video. Done. I'll keep that one. And maybe I do that one out of three videos. I end up with 27 hours worth of content, but I'm not scrolling for 27 no, hours. Not. I'm finding, ooh, that caught my eye. Let's grab that, cut that spot, put that over here as a candidate. And maybe at the end of doing something like that, I have 200 possible candidates now for 25 spots. Right. You th you knew the movie and remember the scene. That's why you said, ooh, Liam Neeson. I remember he was intense. Or did No, you I didn't. In fact, I've seen that movie. Can't even tell you or remember what happened. So how did you even come, how did you even land on Liam Neeson? In because that scene? I was searching something else, something else, bup, 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 movie scene. I don't remember what it was. Like intense movie scene. Or and whatever. I saw the thumbnail mm -hmm. and I said, oh, I know what that scene is. Got That's it. like that scene in the snow with the wolf. And then I looked at it slowly and you just see the camera work. I said, okay, I can change the zooms here. I can move it left yeah. to right as well okay. to match like the, like the beat of the song, which, you know, in this case it was going to be slow on the front. 
And then when I started to cut up the shots, they were HD, they were clean, they had good contrast, they were the the, the emotion was right, and I was like, that's it, yeah. that's the hook. You start with, do you believe in God? And Liam Neeson's looking up like this, and you're boom right in his eyes. You're in. You're right. watching that. Right now, you can't stop. Yeah. Do you did you notice the biggest change positively when you started doing these like intro skits? Yeah. 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 I mean that that really the watch time went up. Because I don't even I can't even name a successful podcast right now that doesn't start with a really, really good intro. They're all doing it now. Besides Joe Rogan. Yeah, they're all doing Does it. Joe Rogan now. do anything or just goes right into Joe my boy Danny Jones goes right into it. It's God insane. bless his soul. He, I mean he said but they set the precedent. Danny Jones was doing a podcast in twenty eighteen. Right. You know, and he was already big on YouTube when he started it. Like, he, he worked hard for years and years to earn the right to do that. They had that first to market. I'm trying to sure. earn that right right now. Like, we're st- obviously, I'm stepping back, so they're not what they were. I mean, I, you know, that meets you when I'm talking about. The intro didn't end there. There's then, really? a, there's then a 40 second mid roll where the beat drops into. And every time there's a beat, I'm changing. The image and I take these images and make them match each other. Torturous. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of time. I'm surprised you don't make those. Do you make those into shorts? The intros? There's a lot of great, in, it's hard to explain to people. There's a lot of great intros. It does take time to do it, but there's a lot of great intros that actually wouldn't make the best shorts. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because you do things differently. Yeah. It's, it's, I'd have to show you each example. That one with Michu could do that okay. Would, for sure. Do you, be, I think do an attention okay. grabbing question Do you like believe that? in God? Right. That one, I think I'll make that at some point. I did the one like Paul Rosalie, his, I turned into a short, like had some time six months later. And wow. this was when YouTube was changing. So that one only did like two and a half million. But if I had made that six months before, I would have done definitely eight figures for sure. That's insane. And it's crazy how, like you say, it's changing and you say only two and a half million. Yeah. Still, and, and it's relative. It is relative because yeah. now that's still, that's, that's still great. You yeah. know, I mean, right now we're posting content cause I'm in jail right now. It's just like, just in one of those darker periods where, you know, the content's just not getting pushed, but like we're posting the content the guys are doing, they're getting hundred percent watch time on 40 second videos. And like, fucking 6,000 people are seeing it. So it's all very relative. Like I don't take, I, I say, I almost cringe like saying only two and a half. I'm just comparing that to what it would have been. But like it's two and a half million views. That's fucking, that's great. You know? I think the worst thing you can do is, is look back and try to, try to chase that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you, if you saw the 10 million video and you had a million, a million video right now and you're like, you're not happy with it, right? You're like, Oh, well it should have been 10. You'll drive yourself crazy. Right. I used to the same thing because there was a time where YouTube was insane. We would post whatever we wanted to post millions of views off the rip every single time. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, you're lucky to get a couple hundred thousand sometimes. And yep. you, and you're like, but you have to know what you're dealing with. You know, it changed, last, it, it changed and understand what works now versus what worked three years ago because that's not going to help you i don't know the numbers i'm guessing here but you blew up on shorts about that was july 2022 or 2021 i'm sorry so so you blew up about four or five months because you were that was when you were doing like the donut content and shit yeah. in Ocean City. This, so you're like you're crazy. you're in the middle of, of making mid form content already. Yeah. But you're blowing up with shorts. It took me another four or five months, but there were no podcasts blown up with shorts. Yeah. So I was like the the, the feed this this is gonna sound really stupid and it was. The feed was literally people reposting 
Joe Rogan videos, people reposting Theo Vaughn videos, and occasionally a Logan Paul video, just podcast-wise, and me, right? Yeah. Like, that was the global feed. Right. Now, just in podcasts alone, they're all making it. So where there used to be one piece of content, there is now probably 500 pieces of content. Right. So there's not the same views. You're not doing a 46 million view video today. Unless no. you cured cancer, which, you know, I salute, God bless, if you did that, you're going to do 46 million as a podcast, right? You know, but outside of that, it's all relative. So the game is now pull down the quality a little bit, put out more quantity, win on hitting people a bunch. And that's really the game of the internet over the years, too. We had a rare moment there where they were going to delta quality a little heavier, and we took advantage of it. That's And that's a really good point, too. I think it was like a, a moment in time that it's okay if it doesn't ever get back to that. I think you should be shooting for a higher floor. Is like if you can get to yeah. a point where you have a really good video... And then another really good video and another one. And now you have consistent watch. I don't care if that consistency is a couple thousand views. If it's better than what it once was, you're trending in the right direction. And a lot of people see that stuff and they're like, oh, well, I'll never get a 20 million view video. Well, you probably not, but that's okay. You don't have to, to become successful. Like people don't really know what their end goal is with content creation. And for you and I, I think we have sort of a clear goal into what we're really looking to do. Well, the other thing is, the behavior of, of what you're trying to do when you're trying to convert somebody. Like when you make yeah. Johnny drinks content on TikTok or YouTube, yes, you also do want to convert people to your mid form on YouTube. That's fine. You're killing it though on shorts as its own business, even if you didn't have YouTube. So when you put it out, every video does matter in that way. Yeah. At this point though, let's say I put out one video that did a million views on shorts. It is much more valuable from a conversion standpoint, to put out at that same time instead five videos that do 30,000 apiece, which would be 150,000 views versus 1 million, because you are more likely to get repeat viewers on, say, two to three of those videos. And once they're hit two to three times, they're actually going to click and go to the episode. That's really interesting because you're using short form as a funnel yes. into long form. Whereas if you're if me, if the end goal is a short form, then yeah, you do have to look for that every video being really good or or not. Like again, if you're looking, and we talked about it with Gavin because he asked me the question, like, what would you do right now if you had to make ten grand a month as a creator? I would say right now, just like how YouTube was an anomaly a year ago, TikTok Shop is an anomaly. The money people mm. are making by selling nonsense all the time is incredible, and it may go away because TikTok is putting so much money into this stuff. So for me, I would start a pro I would start a brand, sell some products, and sell the shit out of it. Like really, really, you see these people all the time wearing shirts and they make the same video two, three times a day with something a little bit different. One pops off and their whole business has changed yes. overnight. So again, you got to keep in mind, what are you really trying to do with this content? There has to be an end goal with it. It can't just be, I want to go viral every time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've never had that thought. Yeah. I've never had that thought. I, when I talked earlier about having the four candidate videos, the tiebreaker would be, well, which one has the best shot, right? That's the only time the word viral would ever be around. Yeah. If you're thinking about making viral content, you're never going to make it. Like I've never thought about that. It is strictly let's make great shit. That's it. So sometimes people, you can make great shit. You can make it beautiful, but 
that's not the topic that people are interested in. Maybe it does 70% watch time or something, and you're so goddamn disappointed. The difference now is if you make seven videos on, you know, a similar topic with, in my case, maybe like the same guest or something, and one or two of them pop off, suddenly those videos that popped off less, now people have a reason to be interested in them. Exactly. It's yeah. all a library. It's all a library. And that's a really good way of looking at things. It's, it's just an accumulation of all of your content and not just- Bravo. Yeah, yeah. What were you saying? No, I was just saying bravo. That's, oh, bravo. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like it's yeah. just, it, it puts things in perspective because it is hard when you're in the weeds and, and you're, the worst is when you have video after video after video not doing well. You start to really quite, I, mean, I don't know about you, but even me, if I go five videos in a row that don't do well, I'm questioning and, and frustrated. Yeah, I'm at about 100 right now. It's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's lowering, and I hate to use the word like lower your expectations, but it's the realization of where you're at right now. It doesn't mean it'll never pop back up again, but know where you are and start to appreciate little trends upward. If you were used to getting 10,000 views, now yes. you're getting 15,000, that's a good win for you. Yes. Stop looking at your million views that you used to yes. get. You it's know. over. It's like, you know, I, I was a big poker player when I was growing up, and one of the oldest adages in, in Hold'em is don't throw good money after bad. Yep. Right? And once you put a chip in the middle, it doesn't matter if it, you're at the beginning of the hand, the middle of the hand, or an end of a hand. The second your hand, your finger, comes off those chips and they're officially in the middle, they are no longer yours. So you don't, you, a lot of people make mistakes, and this applies to life so much, they make mistakes because, you know, they, they assume that things that, no longer have any relevance actually do or money that they no longer have they could imagine still having it's too late you already lost it it's already gone figure out what you're doing now and like i struggle with this myself all the goddamn time i'm not sitting here as someone who's like i got this figured out for sure yeah i still this is the very much advice i have to give to myself because you can still get caught like oh my god we were doing this this and that and to an extent you do have to have a measuring stick to know like re giving a realistic shot of where you're at right now but that's not the world if it's in the past it's not the world you're in right now so you have to you have to act accordingly that's a act accordingly to what's going on right now yes and you can you can learn from the past a little bit but you can't harp on it and live yes. in the past i mean listen you have dropped a ton of knowledge i honestly may watch this again solely <laughs> just to learn like, i think you have little nuggets here and there you said that were great like little tips of what to do what not to do but overarching I think the message is how obsessed you have to become with what you do. I don't care if it's content creation or your nine to five job. If you want to be really good, become obsessed with it. And yes. you have adopted that from day one. Kudos to you. I, I love watching you do well. I know you're in a bit of a, maybe a little slump right now, but you're going to get through it. We'll and it is six months from now, we'll have a better conversation. So yeah, man, right back at you, by the way. I mean, yeah. I've seen, I've seen the growth consistently for years now. It's, it is really, really hard extremely hard and I'm glad I don't have to do it <laughs> to stick to such clear niches like you have for so long and continue to grow the audience and stay fresh and you've managed to do that and that's that's an amazing thing man well I appreciate you man thank you for coming yeah. by the way on such Dude, short of notice of course thanks for having me my man appreciate you guys as always like subscribe share that is it for today peace peace